It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We got an awesome show for you guys today. We've got Jake Ellenbogen joining us. He's actually here in California. I'm here in California. We couldn't meet up, but we made it happen still. Don't forget, you can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. Hit the subscribe button. Tell a friend. Everyone, welcome into the 2019 season. I appreciate all the new listeners, all the old listeners. The numbers are awesome. It's always great seeing you guys come back and listen and be excited about the Rams. Five days a week, you guys know the drill. Go back, take a listen. We had some awesome podcasts so far this week. We've got two more coming, obviously, today, this one. And tomorrow with Serena Morales, the team reporter for the Los Angeles Rams. Hit us up on social media, Lockdown Rams, all accounts, as well as LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. Today with Jake, we're going to be talking, obviously, about the big game coming up, but we're going to kind of focus a little bit on what we're going to do to stop Alvin Kamara, what we're going to do on the offense side of the ball. These guys got some really great defensive players. We talked to you about them a little bit yesterday. And then we're also going to talk about our inactive list. What's going on with it? We didn't see a couple key names that we got really excited about in the preseason. Will we see them this week? Will we see them later down the season? What's the plan and how that's all going to work out? So hang on tight because Thursday's episode is off and running. Now your Lockdown Rams lead story. I'm Bear Modern. and I'm joined by Jake Ellenbogen. Last week, the Rams gave up 209 total yards to a very dynamic Christian McCaffrey, 128 on the ground, 81 through the air. As I mentioned yesterday, there were only two backs in week one that totaled 95 yards on the ground as well as 70 through the air. The other one was Alvin Kamara, who the Rams see this week. Jake, Kamara has to be enemy number one coming into the Rams' house on Sunday. How do you look at the Rams and how they're going to slow him down? Yeah, so, you know, that, that's obviously a great question. Uh, you know, I, I pretty much when I come into this game, I, I look at one player, and that's really Alvin Kamara. I mean, the Rams have shown in the past they can slow down Michael Thomas. They've shown in the past they can pick off Drew Brees to go to the Super Bowl. They've shown in the past that they can run on this, uh, you know, this defense. However, they have not shown at any point that they can stop Alvin Kamara. They can try to contain him, but Alvin Kamara, very much like Christian McCaffrey, is somebody, hey, he's going to get his yards and you're going to have to deal with it. That's just kind of how it is. Um, So, you know, I don't think there's a yard mark where you look, oh, well, he broke 202, so, you know, they have no chance of winning. I think it's going to be very interesting because I think what they have to worry about is if Alvin Kamara – is too dangerous from the start and there's no, you know, gradual, you know, flow of the game, right? If, if he just comes out and they can't stop him, I'm a little worried that the passing game will get a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulder and they'll be able to, uh, you know, obviously facilitate one of the best receivers in the league and Michael Thomas, uh, Traquan Smith, you know, an underrated receiver rookie last year, somebody that has shown the ability uh, to, basically stretch the field. So he's somebody, as well as Ted Ginn, 
Um, you know, I am a little worried about that for sure. And then of course their offensive line is very good. So, you know, altogether, I think really the X factor and the main factor, it's not Drew Brees. It's not Michael Thomas. I totally agree with you. It's Alvin Kamara. So it's a matter of, you know, can you contain him? Because you're not going to shut down somebody that talented, that explosive, with that much balance, can run through arm tackles at will, uh, can stay uh, inbounds, you know, go near the sidelines. And when you think you have him, even when you think you have him, you don't, because he's somebody that he's shown in the past and he showed on uh, Monday Night Football. I mean, this is somebody you get, you know, he gets to the outside and, you know, he, he finds a crease. It could be a huge game. You saw him in the passing game in that, that game against Houston. Um, the Rams know full well when they had John Franklin Myers covering him in the NFC title game. So he's going to be a headache. And, you know, I, I guess really what I'm looking at here is how much of a headache is he going to be? You just have to limit the overall, uh, you know, explosiveness of Alvin Kamara. Because, again, you're not going to stop him just like the Saints aren't going to stop Todd Gurley. Yeah, you always go back to that you can't stop him, you can only hope to contain him type of line, and, and that's going to be him. And that was kind of really the way we took that approach with Christian McCaffrey, and, and you kind of said you hope he doesn't get out to a good start right away. Last week, Christian McCaffrey had a couple good early runs, but we seemed to have him uh, you know, buckled down to a certain point in the first half. The second half, a little bit different story. He kind of opened up a little bit and kind of got to that 209 total yards uh, looking at the Rams' inactive list last week, Greg Gaines was one of those guys that was inactive. Do you see the Rams looking to potentially make a change as far as the active roster goes, getting Greg Gaines in there? As we were excited when he was drafted, that he might help with you know stopping the run. Is that something you, you could see the Rams doing this week? Yeah, so you know, two things I'm a little worried about is, well, obviously three things. Uh, the offensive line, how well that's going to hold up. I mean, you have guys like Cameron Jordan that can rush the passer. I think people are sleeping on Trey Hendrickson a little bit. And honestly, uh, Marcus David or somebody they traded two first-rounders to draft. So you have the talent there. I'm not really a huge fan of Taylor Stallworth and Shy Tuttle and the guys there. Uh, but for instance, you know, their starters are really good. Sheldon Rankins being, you know, part of that unit as well. Sounds pretty monstrous, right? So, um, you know, you look into that and obviously, you know, first concern is the offensive line. Second concern to me uh, is stopping the run. Because again, like you said, and like I've said, Alvin Kamara is pretty much your, your priority A, right? You, you, you need to contain Alvin Kamara. So how do you do that? Well, you need to have a, a, a plan of attack. Um, I thought Clay Matthews did extremely well at uh, containing the run, setting the edge. Something this is Bear Motter you know, with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown do, Rams. Right? You know, uh, Last Connor week, the Rams gave up 209 had, total you know, yards, very, the very dynamic Christian McCaffrey. Uh, week two doesn't get and much so I, easier. I really They've got Alvin Kamara coming in. He had over 160 uh, really yards total offense last week, including 97 on the ground. Again, the Rams gave up 128 to McCaffrey on the ground. We need to see some improvement on that defensive front when it comes to slowing down the rush. Last week, the Rams had a few players uh, you know, on the inactive on list that I think could kind of make an impact this week. Greg Gaines, Rockwell, both on the inactive list last week. Greg Gaines was the fourth-round pick, you know, and when scratched. he was picked, so, Les Need, our general manager, said, hey, this Greg is the replacement for Indominus really Sue. Well, maybe it's pick. time to kind of see that. Sebastian Joseph Day has gotten the start at nose tackle, but didn't get it done last week. We can't continue to get off this bad streak like we did last year, where we were near the bottom of the NFL in run defense. 
Plug him up in the middle and see if we can make some improvement like, and stop the run. Kamara is a dangerous guy, not only where on the ground, but through the passing game. Right? Got to get so a little bit more pressure on Drew Brees. He was like only sacked games, once last week. This thing's going to take a full effort to get the W on Sunday. Our defensive front has definitely got to step it up. He also has an underrated ability to rush the passer. So that is my second concern is stopping the run. And my third concern, because you have offensive line, you have stopping the run, and then really, it, it's, a, it's a matter of this, okay? My third concern is being able to play your game. And if you get into a shootout with the Saints, you could beat the Saints, but I think it's more ideal that the Rams set the, the tone early on, they establish the run. What did they do last week? They really had Jared Goff kind of throwing blind, right? Because this offense by Sean McVay, this very modified West Coast-style offense is predicated on the play-action pass. So when you look at last week, it was kind of weird. Jared Goff, there was, I don't know how many consecutive throwing plays, but there were a lot of, of passing plays, and they didn't really run the ball to start the game. And I think that kind of you know, led to their slow start. I think they should establish the run early on with Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson. I think they should keep the Saints off balance. And I think then they should go for the jugular, play action pass deep down the field. Maybe you don't see a Brandon Cooks trying to split the defenders, uh, Trey Boston and, and you know James Bradbury, who had himself a stellar game last week, uh, because these are also really good corners. You look at Marshawn Lattimore. You look at, obviously, Marcus Williams had an interception in the Houston game, right? So, you know, and he, you know, he plays safety. So, I mean, they, they have talent there. Um, obviously Eli Apple is somebody I might want to pick on. Uh, he got mossed by, I believe it was Will Fuller last week. So, you know, they, they have talent in the secondary and the way to really allow the offense to break out of this shell because they scored 30 points, but they were capable of so much more. And that game shouldn't have been as close as it was. Uh, defense got kind of tired being on the field that whole time. But with that being said, I think they really need to come out. They need to set the run. They need to set the tone and not let the Saints dictate how they play the game at home. This is their home opener. Right. And I think if you're able to get Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown and, of course, Daryl uh, Henderson going, you know, then the passing game is going to be just as easy as it's always been for Jared Goff. Yeah, and we're going to get to a couple of those things in the second and third segment as we break down this game a little bit further. What we'll do is we'll step aside and get a quick break. We'll come back with Jake. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of these inactive lists. Maybe is there a way to adjust this to make the defense a little bit stronger? Uh, We'll talk about Jared Goff and that offense and this matchup predictions on Sunday. Guys, if you can't find a workout that keeps you engaged, Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back for more. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to onepeloton.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Before we get to our next segment, you guys love a night out, whether it's going and seeing your favorite band or going to see a Rams game at the Coliseum on Sunday. Well, when purchasing your tickets, the exciting thing is Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program is brand new, and you can attend that concert, show, or game and earn credit towards the next live event you want to go to. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price. You can look for the seat in the section or the row of your choice all on the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled into the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits 
on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats rewards. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts to all your Rams games to the hottest theater shows in town, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app. Join the Vivid Seats reward loyalty program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. We'll be right back with more of Thursday's Lockdown Rams. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. We've got Jake Ellenbogen in L.A., Bear Motter in L.A., but we are still doing this remote. We couldn't make it work, and I apologize for that. And, and like me and Jake said before we got on, uh, the mic here, we said we're going to try to make this work, whether it's uh, recording sometime later or even just meeting up and having a beer and saying what's up and, and talking some rams. We'll get it done here. Jake, welcome to California. Glad to have you out here. I saw you tweeting out saying everyone's been really uh, you know, welcoming for you out here. You're going to the game with Alexis Kraft and a couple other friends on Sunday. Uh, excited to hear kind of your experience out at the game and how everything goes. Man, this is a good one. This is probably... Uh, if you're looking at the Rams schedule, this is probably, you know, the best home game of the year and at least top three best home games. You're looking probably Seahawks is a really fun, always a fun home game. The Bears are coming to town. So uh, great to have you out here. We're excited. I want to get back and kind of ask you a little bit more about some of our inactives and and how if you think this is a rotating thing, if you think there's a way to kind of move this thing around. I mean, sticking with the defense, the Rams were able to muster up three sacks on Sunday, but overall their pass rush was a little lackluster at times. 80s getting double and triple teams. Uh, Brockers, you mentioned uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, not really winning their one-on-ones to get to the quarterback. Uh, we did see, you know, obviously some pressure off the edge with Fowler. Uh, Matthews got in there, but his was basically a walk-in sack. Do you think they look to the inactive list and a guy like Obo Okoronkwo, who we saw in the preseason, finally getting some pressure off the edge? Is that someone that they may, if we're talking about Looking at Greg Gaines and getting him into this active roster, uh, would that be a guy as well that you'd be interested in seeing on the active roster? And I guess to kind of make it even more long-winded question would be, if they do bring in a Greg Gaines or an Oboe, who is the guy that you would probably you know kick to that inactive list? That's a really good question and obviously loaded. Um, <laughs> yes. you, know, I, I, you know, I look at... Um, Obo Karankwo, and I, I think he absolutely is capable of, you know, making plays and, and playing, you know, this Sunday. Uh, will he? That's the question. I think the Rams really wanted to look at, um, you know, who they had 
uh, obviously playing in the Carolina game. Keep in mind, most of these starters didn't get a chance to play at all in the preseason. Um, you know, last year, I believe it was last year against the Texans, if I'm correct, uh, they did play in the preseason, I, I believe. It was because uh, I think Tlaib played. It was LaMarcus Joyner had an interception, so it was the starters on the defensive side that played. Right. The offensive starters did not. This year they went fully, nobody's playing except for Sebastian Joseph Day, really, and and Taylor Rapp. And, you know, I think Okoronkwo absolutely could get in. I think really last year could have been a mixture of, you know, multiple things where they wanted to see guys, you know, this was kind of their best personnel they felt on paper. And so they wanted to see that in action before they continued to make decisions. And on top of that, it could have been a matchup thing. You know, they could have liked you know, how this unit uh, responded to a Carolina offense or how they matched up with them. Now, I also want to say this. With with Greg Gaines, see, you didn't have Okoronko or Greg Gaines. I didn't see really Tanzel Smart out there. And when You know, if he was out there, he didn't really make much of an impact. I, I w- I'm a little worried that this defensive line isn't as good as last year. And I think people need to realize, you know, just because you replace guys – doesn't necessarily mean they're better than the guys you replaced. Like I know Sean McVay, I know Wade Phillips, they obviously know what they're doing, but a lot of this league is a numbers game. And when you look at a talent like Indomitian Sue, you can't keep him based on how much he's going to get paid. It's just like when people were clamoring for Gerald McCoy or Mike Daniels, they couldn't pay those talents that money. So they have Aaron Donald. They have Michael Brockers. After that, it is a little thin and unproven. I mean, that's really what we're looking at here. So, yes, I do think that, you know, you could definitely make the argument for Greg Gaines to be in there. Um, I personally would inactivate, uh, deactivate Tanzel Smart. And then I think, you know, when you look at Okoronko, I think you could get him in there. And who would you deactivate? I mean, you know, you could you can kind of deactivate really anybody that's kind of, you know, on the cusp of, you know, making that, you know, game day roster. I mean, I don't think it would really matter. My biggest issue, honestly, on special teams is the personal protector. Did you notice how Johnny Hecker had two punts blocked? I know everyone's talking about the one that was clearly blocked, but did you notice when he shanked the punt, everyone thought he just shanked it? It was actually partially blocked, and it it was blocked by Brian Burns, who... I mean, I think I raved about him on your show. Brian Burns is going to be an absolute star in this league. And I think he's showing early on he can even work on special teams. But that's neither here nor there. The the problem is people can chalk it up to an anomaly. Well, yeah, but this is week one, right? This is This is what the new special teams looks like. Who's to say they let go of a guy or, you know, have a guy that isn't cutting it? Um, it looked like the personal protector is, was Nick Scott, and he got blasted. I mean, he really didn't, wasn't able to do anything. Personal protectors last year, at least one of them, was Blake Countess. And I think they miss a couple guys that were on their team last year, and I think you're going to see that throughout this year. I think, you know, obviously, I think Daryl Hodge was good on special teams, and I think they might miss him. I think Blake Countess – and kind of weird what happened with Blake Countess because it just seemed like it was a money thing and he right. felt kind of disrespected. They didn't want to give him the money because he's available right now. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting if they needed him so badly that they might, you know, just try and 
you know, just like deal with it, right? Um, and then the other guy is John Franklin Myers, who, you know, we're talking about not getting a lot of pressure on the defensive line. I mean, that's why Aaron Donald's getting triple teamed because no one's scared of, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day as a pass rusher. And it's, it was really interesting that they had Greg Gaines sitting because, you know, Tantel Smart and, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day don't really do anything um, as far as pass rushing. Morgan Fox got in there. He's somebody that they didn't have last year to, due to a you know, season-ending injury, somebody that played 60 snaps in the first playoff game that the Rams right. played in against Falcons. I mean, obviously he played that because Brockers got hurt, but, you know, you can't discount that. So I think, you know, three guys that they're going to miss, Franklin Myers, uh, Countess, and, you know, Kadero Hodge on special teams. Um, but as far as Okoronkwo, I mean, you could you could definitely get him in there as a situational pass rusher. And that's pretty much what I would do right now, get him more comfortable with the game. He, keep in mind, he's not going to get any better or any worse. He might get worse. He might regress by just sitting. Right? <laughs> right, this right. is somebody that needs to be able to play, and, and he didn't get the playing time last year as a rookie. He got in preseason, and, man, in two games, he made the most of it. So I want to see him uh, you know, soon. You know, it, was, it was a little interesting. I do want to bring up something real quick that they let go of Trayvon Young. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I talked about it on your show that you know, obviously guys will get added to the injured reserve list and they're guys that they hope to kind of bring onto the roster next year, you know, the offseason roster. Trayvon Young, he actually agreed to an injury settlement and he got released by the Rams. So I was a little surprised by that. Somebody seemed like they liked him and he was able to play in some games last year as a rookie. Um, just a little interesting there. No, definitely some interesting moves as far as this roster is concerned, and I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think I've mentioned that this week. Um, but that is something to kind of keep an eye on as you're starting to look forward for this Rams team. But I'm, I'm really curious to see how this inactive list goes and if it is steady each week for the first you know four or five weeks of the season or if they're going to kind of bounce back. Sean McVay was kind of asked about that early in the week, and he, he didn't really have a – a true answer, you know, he kind of danced around it and said, you know, we're, we're feeling stuff out and that's the way we felt those matchups should be best suited. But you got a guy like Greg Gaines to spend a fourth round pick on that when he was picked, the GM basically said he's the replacement for Sue. And obviously we know that Sebastian Joseph Day put in some work and they liked what they saw from him. Uh, interested to see what, what's him. And then you talked about obviously with Obo Okoronkwo and, and you wanted to see what he could do. He had to sit all last year. You don't want him to regress, like he said, from just sitting around and hanging out. Uh, get him in, get some action. But again, I'm with you. I think it's silly that the NFL won't just let all 53 just go out there and dress. They've got these rules. But I can imagine if they're talking about extending the football season and ex- extending the playoffs, that th- that might be t- potentially be brought up as far as looking into that. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out. Uh, but there's another thing that's awesome that's time to celebrate is with football finally being back. And that's DraftKings. It's the leader in one-day fantasy football and they've got a huge kickoff season and a single game showdown for $2.5 million in prizes up for grabs. Uh, it's super easy to do. All you have to do is draft six players, stay under the salary cap, and see if your team stacks up against the competition. Uh, new users who sign up today draft using DraftKings promo code LOCKEDON will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching a game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. Uh, easiest way to do it, head over to the DraftKings app, download that, use promo code LOCKEDON. For limiting time, both new and existing users get a deposit bonus up to 500 and a promo code LOCKEDON 
get your free shot at a million dollars with a deposit. That's promo code locked on only at DraftKings. We'll be right back more with Jake Ellen Bogan from Downtown Rams right after this. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, third and final segment. We got Jake Allen Bogan from Downtown Rams. I'm Bear Motter from Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to go give everyone a follow. You can find Jake at JK Bogan DTR, as well as Downtown Rams, the website, and on social media. Also, this show, Lockdown Rams, and your boy, Bear, LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. Hit us up, reach out. Uh, Jake is in LA, so if you're listening to this and you're going to the game, hit him up. Say what's up. He will be out there tailgating. Uh, where are you sitting, big guy? Yeah, so we are sitting, I believe, in section 120-something. So we actually have really good seats. Um, I'm super excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I honestly can't wait. I mean, I'm the, I'm the man like that sits in like the nosebleeds. Like, you know, normally, um, like I was just at Yankee Stadium for Yankees A's and uh, for my um, for my father's birthday, I got us tickets, and we were sitting nosebleeds. So normally, we don't get tickets like that. So it's pretty cool. You know, and nosebleeds at the Coliseum aren't too bad. I haven't been in there since. Obviously, they've redone it. This is going to be the home opener, so uh, you're going to have some nice new seats with with a cup holder. I know that's what they keep saying. Better Wi-Fi, so maybe you can even tweet while you're in there. Uh, the improvement Ooh. and yeah, updated Coliseum. So I'm excited to hear your your uh, official review after the game on how the experience was and what the fans were like. I think I'm going to get a pretty honest take when you're telling me what the experience was like. So uh, we're excited to hear that. And and like you said, man, it's funny. I talked, I mean, we've been talking all off season when I first started talking to you and I said, Hey man, you're going to get out to LA and check out a game. You're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to try. We'll see what happens. And then it came together where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to come for the best game of the year, which I can't blame you. And I'm, I'm jealous, man. I, I wish I could go out there. <laughs> It's going to be awesome. As we talk about this game, uh, we talked a lot about Kamara and his, you know, what he brings to the table. We know what Drew, Bre- Drew Brees brings. Uh, Michael Thomas, although we shut him down in the playoff game, if you think back to that first meeting, uh, he had a hundred and something yards. He had the game winning or game solidifying touchdown over Marcus Peters. Uh, so he can go off just as easy. Uh, they've got Ted Ginn Jr. who's kind of popped up and had a had himself a ball game on Monday night. Lots of weapons to worry about there. But if we flip it to the other side and you're looking at Jared Goff, obviously you got Cam Jordan, uh, you got Trey Hendrickson, you got Marcus Davenport, a couple really good guys in the secondary as well. So taking a look at our offense versus their defense, 
Uh, what are the keys to get these things going? Obviously, you, you talked about the protection for Jared Goff, but if you're looking at the wide receivers, we didn't see much from Brandon Cooks. Do we need more from him on Sunday to keep this thing rolling? Yeah, you know, the weird thing is Brandon Cooks, he finishes with what, uh, two catches for 24 yards. I don't have the stats in front of me. But uh, Brandon Cooks had two huge catches on that drive uh, that led to the Tyler Higbee touchdown. And, you know, I think absolutely he's somebody that can get vertical quickly. Um, you try to – obviously, you try to jam him. He is slippery. So he is able to bounce off that. He's able to get to the next level very quickly. He's one of the fastest receivers in football. Um, you know, I think really the, – the key for Jared, and I've noticed this, is he tends to lean on Cup too much. I watched him. He not only went through his progressions, he turned down a wide-open – uh, Robert Woods streaking down the left sideline. He turned down Brandon Cooks slanting over the, the middle. I mean, he would have gotten killed. So, I mean, maybe that's why he didn't throw that. But he had Woods open. Um, you know, Ten the, targets the for Cup. He was playing pretty far off. And basically, Cup had three guys surrounding him. Now, Cup does such a great job, and I want to point this out as well. Cup does such a great job as finding the soft part of the zone and just sitting there, right? So he is, he's a very intelligent football player, and it works out for uh, Jared Goff. But the problem is when you start doing that, that becomes a habit. You don't want to develop bad habits, especially when you have a four-deep wide receiver court, when you have two deep tight ends, like – Tyler Higby is somebody he can be at every day. All right, we've been talk- so can Gerald Everett. All right, we've been talking about it all week. But football is finally back, and, and, and so Henderson. is You can see how Kings. it could be a problem if you're focusing on one receiver. I'm not really accusing Goff of doing that. I just noticed right. he did that more week one. No, so you- I want to see him more spread this ball out. And, you know, I definitely want to see them use Cooks, like you said. That speed, it's hard to match anybody up on him. Yeah, and you talked about that, that pass where – Cooper Cup had three guys on him, and he tried to force it in there. The weird thing is it almost got there. That was the first weird thing, but uh, you're right. He's got to start that to look That was a out. bizarre throw. Yeah, that was a bizarre throw, and he was forcing one in, and we're lucky that didn't turn into a, a, another turnover for him. But you're right. Utilize everything else you got. Cup had 10 targets. Only Robert Woods had more, and he had 13 uh, so looking to spread it out a little bit more. And even Sean McVay talked about trying to get the ball to Brandon Cooks more. He had six targets, but really in the first half, I, I don't even know if he had a target in the first half. They came out in the second half and really looked to give him the ball. Uh, so maybe start that from the beginning. Uh, score prediction, thoughts on the way out? What, what are you thinking for tomorrow or for Sunday? Yeah, so I know I told you last week I had the Rams 37-21. And before you guys laugh at me, that wasn't that far off. Right. I, mean, I, I said garbage time touchdown. So that would have been, you know, 30 to 21. And, you know, for a while that was the case. I'll say this. I think this game is going to be close. But I think it's going to be close because of the start of the game. I think the Rams get off to a decent start, but I think their defense struggles. So I think the Saints start off pretty good. And I think the Rams just kind of take over in the end. So I'm going to go with 34-30. I just, I don't know why. 34-30 seems you know, good to me. Um, the Saints offense is going to get their points. I think Alvin Kamara goes over 200 total yards. I don't think the Rams stop him, but I think the Saints stop him because guess what? Guess what? Sean Payton is the same guy that didn't actually care that Deshaun Watson and the, and the Texans had the ability to go down the field. Now they were dominated on Monday night football. I'll say that right now at home. Yeah. Despite the fact that all the fans are blowing these illegal whistles that the NFL needs to take action. But anyway, he didn't even have prevent defense with 45 seconds left in the clock. 
he didn't he wasn't playing prevent. He he wasn't respecting Deshaun Watson's arm. It took two plays for him to go down the field and take the lead and what should have been the win. Okay. Sean Payton has made some boneheaded moves. And I think even if Alvin Kamara starts off well and the Rams can't stop him, I still think he gets too cute with everything. Yeah. And I think in the end it'll cost him and the Rams will win. Well, and that's I'm, just how I, that's how I believe it. I'm pretty close to you. It's crazy. I actually, my prediction that I gave yesterday was 35-30 with the Rams winning. I think they're uh, going to huh. need a touchdown instead of a field goal like they needed last week. And Drew Brees was able to, you know, wiggle out and get close to a 58-yarder for their kicker. Uh, I think he's going to need a touchdown this time. And I think the Rams come up with a big pick. In, in week one, I said it was going to be Eric Weddle. Uh, he went out, obviously didn't get to finish the game. So, uh, maybe I'll give him a run back, but I, uh, and, and say Eric Weddle for the game winning interception or John Johnson, someone in that secondary, that deep safety position is going to come up with an interception to shut this thing down. 35, 30 Rams, AKA the good guys win. Uh, Jake, man, I appreciate you, you taking out some time. I know you're out here in California. It's a beautiful sunny day. Uh, go enjoy the rest of your night. I know you're out there in the Venice, Santa Monica area. So have fun. Uh, have fun at the Coliseum, man. We'll be looking forward to all your updates from Downtown Rams and the podcast that you guys do to kind of recap your trip out here. Uh, and I uh, look forward to talking again here pretty soon. Have a good one, man. Go Rams. Absolutely, Bear. Hey, you take care. Thank you so much. With that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.